on uh, a purpose-driven life, uh, what we've been working through. For those that are not aware, we've been reading through this book, uh, Purpose-Driven Life. And as I said before, we're at the halfway point. Put up your hand if you're at the halfway points. If you've read through, I can. I'm even, yeah, well done. Oh, well, you're getting there. But it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited because we're all on the same page, aren't we? Uh, in terms of, not ex- physically, but uh, we are all having similar readings and similar reflections. And we're, as a community, it, it is bringing us together of like-mindedness, uh, which is good. And there's a lot of really good insights that, that uh, is in the material. So keep going. Don't give up. Uh, keep reading. Uh, try to keep up to date. Uh, and if you fall a few days behind, that's fine. But let's try to get to the end. Uh, and so uh, today, the topic uh, in the Purpose Driven Life for the week ahead, you were created to become like Jesus. God made you and he's molding you. God wants you to be changed into the perfect image of Jesus. It's quite an ask that is before us, quite a change. And so I guess as we think back over this last week, and I think it's good to reflect, we've talked about belonging, about having a love, well, even a deep love for each other, a love that crosses over some of those boundaries that we might put up, um, and what a vision for our church, Coroa Baptist Church, to be known as a community of love, of people that genuinely care about each other. That's beautiful. And it's about, uh, if you're able to do the reading yesterday, it's about protecting our church, valuing it so much that we recognize that there is goodness here and we desire that goodness to remain and to even grow, to deeply value that. And so as we uh, look today in this topic, we are, of course, looking to a role model. Our best role model is Jesus. But uh, there are modern role models, as this picture suggests. Even dads can be role models. Maybe it's their strength, uh, as that picture suggests. Maybe our dads are good role models in their, some form of their health. Maybe it's in their abilities. And uh, as we've already talked about as well, sometimes it's their character, um, which our dads can be really helpful in. So it's not only dads. Who else are role models today? Who else would we say uh, are role models in, in, in our lives? Or Politicians. Yes, absolutely. Yes, teachers. Mums, yep, yep. Yep. Friends. Yes, friends can be role models. What about people we don't necessarily have a relationship with? Who would we think, think about that could be a role model in that context? We've said politicians. Yep. Yes. Yes. Whether they're a good role model is a separate question. There's plenty... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, people of authority. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very true. And I think um, our society in Australia, we're big on, on sports stars, those role models. But the reality is, is that sadly, with all that money and success and pride, they're not often the best characters uh, matching <laughs> behind that. Uh, and so I guess there is a call for us to think about our role models and to have a, a good role model of, of people around us, uh, people of faith, obviously, uh, people that we should be looking to. Um, but of course, um, it's more than that. Um, as we've been saying, we want to look to, to Jesus as our role model, to his perfect character. Because the whole idea of our character changing and molding, it's based on the perfect example of Jesus. Changing for the better. Growing in God's ways to be more like Jesus. In the Bible, we read it like this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. There's a clear focus here that our faith is to be rooted, is to be growing, is to be strengthened in the ways of Jesus, in him. And from that heart of thankfulness. We also read in the book of 2 Corinthians these words. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We see God's Spirit transforming us. God's Spirit changing us, molding us into the image of Jesus. There's this word here, glory. What would you say the word glory means? I've been reflecting over that, whether we perceive what the word glory means. Yeah, lifting God up. He's, he's glorious. Yeah. What else would you say? Yes. The wonder of God. Yeah, His greatness. Yes, no, that's a good answer, honey. Absolutely. It's saying something of, of his greatness. And, and as we look to that greatness, uh, of course, which has been shown to us through his son Jesus, that's what we're growing in. We're maturing in that. And so, as the readings go this week, day 23, which is supposed to be Monday, tomorrow... The reminder is, is that God wants you and me to grow up, to mature. Wherever we are on the faith journey, maybe we're new to faith or we're just exploring faith or maybe we would say, I'm just an infant in the ways of God and faith. Well, God wants you to grow up a bit, become a child. Maybe you say, well, I've got some concepts in my head. Um, maybe it's time to be a teenager. Maybe in terms of the things of God, of course, I'm talking about here, uh, maybe it's time to become a young adult. Or maybe it's time to become an adult or a mature adult. The reality is, is that none of us are too old to grow in the ways of God, to take it seriously. And we've all got room to improve. A quote from Rick Warren in the book, 
Sadly, millions of people who claim to be Christians, they are growing older, but they never grow up. They're growing older in years. Lots of people around us are growing older in years, but their character, the ways that they live, they're showing to be quite childish. They're not maturing. And so there's a challenge for us, not just to follow the mould of other people, but to take our faith seriously. Another quote, this is from day 23, how we grow. Spiritual growth is not automatic. It takes an intentional commitment. You must want to grow, decide to grow, make an effort to grow and persist in growing. A good reminder here that it just doesn't happen automatically. God doesn't just zap us out of heaven and we have this amazing uh, knowledge of all the truth. It takes time. And if we think through our bodies for a moment, we might say, oh, my body just grows on its own. Well, it doesn't. Your body doesn't just grow on your own. There's people around the world who are starving to death because they have malnutrition. They haven't been given what they need. So we think through what we need. Well, we need food and water. And of course, in our country, we provide food and water to our children. When people are sick, we, we treat them with, with, with what they need, medicine and love. Uh, we, we try to have cleanliness um, and, and other things, try to use our muscles. All these things that we try to do with our bodies so that they will grow and develop. In our physical bodies, we don't just sit still. There's stuff happening. But what about spiritually? Are we really trying to grow and, and to mature into the ways of God? Because we need to be deliberate. If we just sit still, then sadly we won't grow. If we sort of just ignore God in our lives, nothing's going to grow out of that. It requires us being focused and putting our attention onto God and our hearts. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, we read this. Instead, speaking the truth in love, you will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. How do we grow? Well, one way is we get a hold of God's truth. And in love, we grow by letting that sink in. We become individually more mature, and so the whole body, the whole church body, our church family grows to be more mature. It's Jesus who's at the head as the, in that central position, but all of us mature together. And absolutely, God plays a part in our maturing, we're thankful for that. But as we've already been saying, there's also our parts. We need to be committed. We need to put something into what's taking place. We need to open up our lives to let God mold us and shape us. Because we all have choices in life. And it's whether we acknowledge that God's at work and welcome Him in to change us. And that links in well to the following day. Day 24, Tuesday, we're coming up to, to be transformed by the truth. This is about letting God's word penetrate. Letting God's word, more than just us being aware of it, it's about letting it sink into our minds, into our hearts, and letting it change us, transform us, saying yes to God's word. And the most reliable source of God's word is the Bible. Without a doubt, we can pick up the Bible at any time. It's trustworthy. It's inspired by God. It's full of truth. 
It's useful and helpful for us, but it does require us being committed. It requires us opening up our hearts to God's Word. It's about us having that posture or that openness to God's. In John chapter 8, we read these words. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What a reminder. We believe in Jesus. We get this idea of truth in him, God's truth. And then the truth changes us, and it brings freedom to our lives. Freedom as we find the goodness of God in Jesus. Now, we were saying before that people can starve physically, but so too we can starve spiritually by not opening up God's words, by not seeking out God's truth, by just going along through the motions, forgetting about God in the picture. The picture we see is that we are to feed on God's word. We're to, to, to nourish ourselves from it, to dwell in it, abide in it. There's so many different words we could use, but it's about us opening it up and taking seriously the word of God and letting it impact us. And I'm sure that we can all relate to the fact that we can learn a concept, but it's a whole other thing to actually do it. And we read that, in the book of James, chapter 1, that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Living it out is that second step that's so much harder. Like we can perceive a concept, we can sort of get it, but then living it, that's a lot harder. That's actually letting our faiths and our, our convictions flowing through to our actions. And sometimes we might have the right sort of thoughts, but it doesn't always flow on to the actions and there's a real challenge there to be doers of the words um, and I'm sure we all have our own challenges in that but we know it's the right thing because God's involved in the process as the week continues there's a reminder that troubles come our way we've all been talking about troubles this morning but God has a purpose behind every problem God is greater than our problems, and as we face problems, they face us to stop and to look to God, to ask for help. And deep down, as we look to God, the hope is that during our problems, we will depend more on Him. That's a big picture view of those things we face. And then that leads in, to the whole subject of temptation that's coming before us. Day 26, growing through temptation. Every temptation is an opportunity to do good. Every temptation is an opportunity to do good because it's about how we respond. Are we going to give in to that temptation or are we going to resist that which is coming our way, which we know is not of God's? It's a, it's a daily struggle that we go through. There's all sorts of different thoughts that come into our head. But are we going to give in to them? Are we going to resist? We're going to watch a short video now from Rick Warren on this subject. See if it loads up. We might need it to be maximized. 
around the world. And the chapters that I've probably received more mail on are the next two chapters we're going to look at on growing through temptation and defeating temptation, how to deal with it, because it's a problem we all deal with. You need to understand is that temptation is actually a part of the plan in life. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation, but it's not a sin to be tempted. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways like as we, yet he didn't sin. Temptation is simply a choice. So when you're tempted, you need to understand that every temptation is not just an opportunity to do bad. It is an opportunity to do good. Every temptation can be a stepping stone to maturity or it can be a stumbling block to immaturity. It can make you better or it can make you bitter. And the way you handle it will be the way, uh, whether it makes you uh, stronger or weakens your life. Now, one of the things you need to do in temptation is you need to not be intimidated by it. Sometimes when people are tempted, they go, oh, I shouldn't have that thought. I, I, I've been a Christian for five years or 10 years or longer. I don't know if you've noticed it, but sometimes when you are praying, God, and while you're talking to God, the devil puts thoughts in your mind and he goes, where'd that one come from? Just don't get intimidated by it. It just comes. You see, when God gives you an idea, we call it inspiration. When Satan gives you an idea, we call it temptation. When you get an idea, we just call that dumb. No, just kidding. The fact is, Satan can put ideas in your mind, but you don't have to keep them there. As Martin Luther once said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. And in this chapter, we're going to talk about the positive side of temptation, how you can actually turn it around and use it for God's glory, use it to build character, and use it to become like Christ. Becoming like Jesus in the face of temptation. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial or temptation because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's nothing easy about resisting temptation, but as we do, we fix our eyes on God and we remember that his promises are eternal. They last. And that's what we're waiting for, the things to come yet. And so as those temptations come, it is good to remember that Jesus was greater. Remember that um, the account we have in the Bible of 40 days he fasted and then Satan came and tempted Jesus? But we know that Jesus was victorious. He won the day. He didn't give in to Satan's temptation. And the reality is with God's help, we can resist as well. Sometimes it's a struggle. But the reality is, is that we can step forward in God's ways. And as we saw in that video, we can turn it for good. Because rather than giving in, we, we draw closer to God by depending on Him through the temptation and the struggle. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, 22, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. There is a case to be said for fleeing from evil. 
not to entertaining the thoughts, not to letting them sink into our heart's desires, to recognize something that it's not of God and to turn away, to, to flee, to resist evil and to pursue God's ways instead. To have that heart's desire to honor God and not pleasure or not something of, uh, for ourselves. To let God into the situation and to let him have the victory over that. Here's a quote from day 27. The battle for sin is won or lost in your minds. Whatever gets your attention will get you. Just think for the moment, if you put your attention on something that's not right, if you just keep focusing on it, eventually you will give in. But if you can adjust your mind onto something helpful, then it helps in a big way. Maybe we're tempted in an area of, um, yeah, of, of um, so many different areas we could be tempted in. But just saying stealing. If we're tempted to steal at some stage and we're just, oh, I could just grab that, start skiing on our minds. And then we focus our attention onto God's promises. Be pretty clear, there'll be a number of verses of the Bible that we put our thoughts on that, that we would know that God does not want us to steal. But there's many other areas in life that this might be a battle with drunkenness or even areas about um, 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 sex or um, so many other areas of life that we need to keep our focus on God's ways and to ask for his help and the big overarching topic is that we mature, mature over time and the reality is is that it takes time Christian character, if we're to grow in the things of God and being like Jesus, it takes time, lots of time sometimes for those changes to to really um, come true in us. For some of you, um, I've shared before that previously I used to uh, struggle in the area of gambling before I became a Christian. And even the first few years um, uh, as a Christian where I used to go and have a go at the pokies or whatever and put money into those things Uh, and it was never really a positive experience but I still for some reason kept going back. It was a struggle for mine and a temptation at time that I was giving into. And now I think back this last week, Beck and I managed to get down to Melbourne and normally we have the children but we managed to get down there without the children for one night and uh, we were walking past the casino and we decided to go in and have a look. Not to, not to gamble, but just to look. And it was hard because so many people there were sad. It's not even like they were enjoying themselves. They were putting money into these machines. Lots of them were just machines, uh, but there were people sitting around. The only couple of people that looked happy were those that were having lots of drink at the bar and uh, probably got a bit too excitable at the bar. Uh, but so many sad people. Even the staff were sad. I think because they were just taking all this money from people. It was... It was really not a positive picture. My heart started to get really sad for the people. I didn't care about the machines so much, but I was just walking around and thinking, it's, it's, yeah, this was a Sunday night, which is probably not a, a, a time I'd encourage people to be out um, in the casino, but yeah, it was a bit of a sad picture. But it shows a change in my character. That's why I brought it up. Because before I was struggling in this area, and now I'm not God's work to my life and change it to his glory. And now rather than thinking about all the machines and how I can make money supposedly out of that stuff, 
I saw the human element to it and the, the people behind it and their struggle with it. And I, my heart was, 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 yeah, really sad for those people. Um, but it's just a, a reality that, that was a t- that's a journey. That's like a, a 15 plus year journey that I've been on. Um, but sometimes it's, it's, God can break away things a lot faster from our lives, but sometimes it takes opening up our life time and time again to God's truth. And maturity takes time. It's just like in our other ways of maturing, we know that it takes time. It's so true in God's ways as well. Being like Jesus is a lifelong journey. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and becoming like Jesus, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What words of confidence that God is at work in our life, that sure there might be problems and struggles and temptations, but God is maturing us in the journey. But it is about us opening up our lives to God and letting Him work. There are no shortcuts to maturity. Sometimes we might want to take the express lane, and be um, A-plus in our Christian spiritual walk. We might want to be um, the high achiever, but sadly, the way God works and molds us, that it takes time. And there's realities that we need to deal with, one of which we are slow learners. Even my example there back then was an example that I was a slow learner in that area of life. But uh, there are many areas where we're not the fastest to get the ideas of God's. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have a lot to unlearn. Some of the things that the influences of this world that they've brought into us, then we've just accepted, oh, that's, that's okay. It's not actually of God. We've let these things that, that sink into us. Uh, we've accepted things. There are things in our society, it's interesting that Sharon just got up and left because I'm sure she could mention a few things about justice she has a heart for justice that we just accept. Um, I know that the big one is, is um, that we've been working on recently uh, as a society, which is good, is about the equal pay between men and women, the whole equality thing. We've accepted for generations and generations that it's okay to discriminate to certain levels. Um, but there's other areas as well. Uh, as I shared before, we are happy enough with the fact that there are people starving around the world. And uh, we don't always do things to try to fix that. And then there's a reality of change. Growth uh, is often painful or scary because it involves change. Sometimes we're quite happy how it is. We don't want it to change. We find a bit of pleasure in that or a bit of enjoyment. And the idea of, 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 of serious change in our lives can actually overwhelm us and thankfully one of the reasons why maturity takes a long time is God tends to tap us on the shoulder and work on certain things at certain times he doesn't ask us to work on every single issue in our life all at once he's quite patient with that in that regard and the next point is that healthy habits take time to develop can you remember why Rick Warren does the 40, why it was 40 days? Can you remember why we talked about that at the beginning? Any ideas? Yeah, well, it's, it, it does. It takes significant, it's, a, it's habits. And I know they've heard different ideas about how long it takes to change a habit. 
and 40 years is a good number, 40 days, 40 years, that'd be a long time, 40 days is a, 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 a some people it's three weeks, I know for dieting they say you need to have at least three weeks before that dieting's going to start to have an impact, but 40 days it's more like six weeks, it's getting up there, we can get habits and maybe doing a devotion over six weeks will encourage us to keep going with that. It takes time for healthy habits. And then that final reminder there, don't get in a hurry. We can't rush God. Don't get frustrated um, if things are taking longer than you would hope. I guess trust God in that. Sometimes we can, people can get angry with God because they're still not perfect. Well, partly we've got to look inwardly in that, don't we? And just to say, well, God, here I am, work at me, work with me, on me, through me. I do want to be more like Jesus. So, purpose-driven life. We've got a lot to consider in the week ahead. Becoming more like Jesus. I'm already challenged. Um, Lots to think through there. So let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we come before you uh, acknowledging that your ways are the best ways, that you have good in store for each of us. And Lord God, as we um, look to the, the week ahead, we pray that you will help us to, to change and to be molded by you, to open up our lives to you, to recognize that you are at work through problems, that you are at work through temptations. And Lord, help us to choose your ways through those challenges. And Lord, we yeah, come before you asking that you will mature us, that you will help us to develop spiritually. And help us, Lord, to feed our bodies with your goodness. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'll say we'll sing the first verse um, and you guys.